Hello listener, it's me, Tom Sinjin. We're back with another interview from the Manufacturer Archives. This separate stream of podcasts is for interviews only. Interviews that you may have seen or heard parts of already, but are too long to feature in episodes of the main podcast. Here, I'm interviewing David Lott, CEO of IFM Engage. IFM is an embedded knowledge exchange unit at the Institute for Manufacturing at the University of Cambridge. What would you say leaders are prioritising at the moment for their organisations, both in the short and long terms? Um, and how do these priorities align with the current industry trends that we're seeing? Um, I think it's a tricky question to answer, really. I think it, it varies a huge amount, you know, between companies, depending on different sizes, between uh, sectors, potentially. Um, and I think, you know, it's always easy to forget when we're looking at sort of industry trends that for a lot of companies, you know, they are focused on delivering their specific business plan, or in some cases, they're very focused on keeping the lights on. Um, yeah. But, you know, obviously that's in a in a broader context. Um, and certainly there are similar issues that lots of businesses face. I think we all know well, lots of them are. Um, you know, there are still skill issues for a lot of companies. Um, some are still thinking hard about the supply chains. You know, a lot of companies are, are, are still thinking about their first steps with digitalization, or maybe they've moved on a bit farther. You know, obviously if they're in a made smarter region, that's a big help. There's other programs out there, you know, through LEPS, or obviously we have our own uh, digital manufacturing on a shoestring approach that helps with that kind of thing. Um, we talk to a lot of firms who are thinking about what they should do to be more sustainable, um, either because, you know, they feel they should or because commitments have been made to do so uh, and they have to, or they're being compelled by um, others in their supply chain. Um, what else? I think everyone uh, had a little panic about AI. That was fun a little while ago. I don't know if that's uh, calmed down a bit. Obviously, it's it's a thing that's coming and people are um, trying hard to understand it better. Uh, there's lots of, you know, content about there. We've done some good webinars. There's been some good stuff in the manufacturing. I think, you know, finding those applications that are relevant to the kind of manufacturing you are doing um, is uh, a really useful thing to do. Um, it can't be ignored in the long term, certainly. I think we we all know that, whatever business you're in. Um, and yet one other thing that I noticed, so I'm, I'm one of the judges on the TMMX Awards, which is, is lovely, and the category I, I look at is leadership and strategy. And um, one of the things I really noticed this year uh, amongst those companies who are you know, probably at the higher end, one would hope, of, of their leadership and strategy journey is how much they're thinking about um, inclusivity and mental health and how that's really now coming into the industry a lot more. Um, you know, when probably people think manufacturing is quite a hard business, you know, that kind of softer stuff. Um, it was really, really nice to see, I think. So, yeah, no, definitely progress on a lot of fronts. That's encouraging to hear. Um, I know one thing that leaders certainly said to us in, in the last couple of years, and they've been, they've been kind of, you know, agonising over this this lack of um, any sort of plan, really, from the government, any sort of you know industrial strategy. We've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, the Chancellor's £4.5 billion commitment to the industry. Uh, in that time frame, we've also seen the Advanced Manufacturing Plan um, emerge. So how emboldened do you think industry will be um, about that news in the last couple of weeks? 
Um, I, I think it's very good to, to have a plan. Uh, I did notice it was a plan, not a strategy. <laughs> it's a like, interesting uh, choice of words, uh, but it's great. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a good recognition of the importance of manufacturing to the economy. And I think everyone in the sector was pleased to see that. You know, it's good to see the government, I think, thinking about sectors of strategic importance, importance rather, and investing in green technologies. Um, you know, obviously we are globally competitive in automotive and aerospace, and it's, it's nice to see investment directed there. Um, I think industry is, is encouraged in general, and, and um, hopefully it leads to more companies feeling that the UK is a, a good place to invest. Um, in there as well, obviously, was is the national rollout of the Made Smarter program. So, you know, there's been a huge call for that for a long period of time from a lot of people in the sector. So that's great. I think it's incredibly well received. Um, you know, not till 2025, which is a shame, um, but, um, you know, the sooner the better, certainly in, in my view. But um, it's great that it's now happening and the more companies will be able to engage in uh, and benefit from that. Um, and, you know, alongside that, uh, of course, many companies were very pleased to see full expensing made permanent in, in the budget, which, you know, gives people certainty about tax regimes going forward. And, and that's always uh, really important to, to making sensible business plans, uh, I think. Um, the other thing that we're excited about that you may have seen in the advanced manufacturing plan uh, was the announcement about the manufacturing observatory. So uh, with the IFM, uh, we'll be uh, working with um, Department for Business and Trade and others and, and really putting some sort of um, flesh on the bones of that idea and working out um, exactly what we might do going forward. But um, yeah, it's in there as, you know, providing better evidence and analysis uh, to make better informed decisions and policy making so that's that's really exciting as, as well for us but i hope also for for the sector as a whole and you touched on this at, at the top um innovation and, and technology uh, maybe just if you could expand slightly on on how leaders kind of view the role of innovation and technology in manufacturing obviously something that is um, evolving all the time what specific technologies or, or advancements are, are you seeing kind of prioritized at the moment you mentioned ai earlier with, well, so with a view to AI, I mean, there's there's lots of great, you know, applications, some some in, in play in companies, many in the more kind of research and development phase, you know, looking at uh, the use of AI to map supply chains or AI to kind of govern production processes like 3D printing, kind of learning when it goes wrong to correct itself and all of those things, lots in asset management as well. So I think that is a technology that is on, on people's minds and it, it, it is going to make a huge difference. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the other technologies are, you know, very much industry dependent, I guess, what the kinds of things people are thinking about. Um, and again, I think how much people are engaged in, in that can depend a lot from big companies who've got a lot of more, at least more time and money to invest in thinking about technology adoption to smaller companies, you know, particularly those without the structure of Made Smarter at the moment who are still struggling with those kind of early steps. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the UK as a whole, we um, published something called the Innovation Report annually, and um, and the last one of those I think came out in kind of last March, and looking at how the UK uh, innovates overall. Um, and you know, it, it's good there was a sort of change in, in methodology last year that shoved us up those those rankings. So we're kind of thirteenth in the world now, but you know, it, it could be better essentially. You know, that we still lag behind Germany, uh, the US, South Korea. Um, and it's interesting that, that within that, the, the government spends less than the OECD average on R&D and businesses actually make the main contribution to that, that R&D performance. So, you know, there is a lot out there um, going on um, with larger companies. We talk to them a lot, you know, 
about how to deploy technology, how to select technology. I think there's so much technology and new approaches and, and new ways of doing things out there um, that kind of managing that their innovation and the way they do innovation, how they select and manage and implement technology in their business becomes increasingly important. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, as I say, you've got SME taking their first steps. So we do a lot of work with people. And I think that's um, uh, fairly universal on, on basic things like, you know, job tracking or energy monitoring or or doing kind of smaller things where you can start to get a foot on the on the digitalization ladder. Um, and they all feed into some of the other things that, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about as well. I think, you know, innovation, uh, digitalization and sustainability increasingly are, are becoming interconnected. So a lot of those decisions hopefully are, are made increasingly um, hand in hand, I think. And then attracting and retaining skills within the sector. This seems to be the problem, um, I, I must say. And we ask everyone we interview pretty much um, to give us their their take on the situation. How do you think the sector should be addressing the evolving uh, skill requirements within manufacturing? As you say, this is the question that comes up all the time. It's it's really difficult, you know. And I think uh, if if it wasn't, we would have fixed it and stopped asking it by now. Um, uh, and you know, there's a lot of discussion around it, and, and from people that are smarter than me. Um, I know that there was a, a great study published recently by Interact um, on perceptions of manufacturing, and I think that helps outline some of the problem. I think they asked. 2,000 or so members of the public, um, various questions about manufacturing. And it's a good read uh, if you have the time. They've got some nice infographics around it. Uh, but something like 70% of respondents said they hadn't seen, heard or read anything about UK manufacturing in the last year. You know, although 64% thought positively about manufacturing, you know, the remaining group there um, that didn't, they thought it was low paid, inflexible, insecure work, you know, and that's quite a dated perception of manufacturing, you know, but I think um, I've actually only been in, in the sector for about seven years. So I've, I've, since I came to the IFM and in all honesty, before I came into the sector and found out how interesting and vibrant and brilliant it was, that is what I thought, you know, because that's kind of, I grew up with those images. So I think we're getting better at it. You know, there's lots of work to do, like getting out into schools, etc., is important. You know, we've talked a lot about trying to, get our craps rather than, you know, people my age going out into schools, which is good and important and please do do it, but getting the younger people in your organizations to be the ones, the apprentices who've done really well, get them out there talking to people so that, you know, there can be, people can relate a little bit better. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot that companies need to do now to think about how they are attractive to people, you know, particularly younger generation do think a lot more about what a company's attitude is to mental health or what a company's attitude is to, to sustainability. And so I think we all need to be thinking about those factors uh, as well when, we, when we're advertising roles and when we're thinking about our, our companies. Um, somebody, and it's not my idea at all, um, suggested a while ago, you know, the, the, the government, I assume the government did the, a good campaign about join the army and all the different jobs and join the air force, you know, and kind of mm. really showing you the depth and breadth of what is out there. And, you know, something like that would be fantastic. The yeah. idea of, of showing a lot more um, in a way that people could really engage in. Because those adverts are everywhere, right? They've, they've been everywhere for, for a few years now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think they do make a difference. I really do think they change perceptions, and I think it's that kind of change that that we need for for some people. Um, yeah, that you know, manufacturing isn't necessarily the first image that comes to to people's minds these days. Um, so yeah, and you know, there's lots more. I think kind of more through life learning is always a good thing. 
you know, making sure that we are attracting apprentices and that we are actually giving them skills and making sure that our apprentices are, are having the digital skills that they can then take into industry and, and deploy well. So, um, yeah, I, I think lots of stuff, but it remains, I think, an extremely tricky not to crack. You mentioned supply chains as well um, at the top of the interview and the disruption to supply chains just seems to have been never ending in, in the last few years with um, various global challenges. How are manufacturing leaders kind of, you know, reevaluating, reinforcing their supply chain strategies um, to really put, you know, resilience at the forefront and, and to mitigate some of the, um, the risks that, you know, that we've been seeing in recent years? I think there's a few things and I think, you know, probably the first thing is to really try and understand your your supply chain perhaps a bit better um, and understand where the critical failure points might be. You know, a, a lot of manufacturers perhaps only look at the kind of first tier of their suppliers and then think, oh, yeah. great, well, I've got multiple sources of supply. I've got two different companies that can give me that part. But if you're only looking at that level and then the level below, actually, both of those companies are being supplied by the same company, then then you've got a, a critical failure point that, that you didn't really know about. So, you know, for bigger companies, obviously, you know, we've done a lot of work looking at mapping supply chains and now increasingly using AI to do mapping of supply chains. But for smaller companies, I think it can be more about relationships, building strong relationships, talking to your supply chain so you understand if they've got suppliers in common, etc., um, and, and building resilience that way. Um, I think also post-COVID, you know, there's been a, a obviously a push towards more reshoring, uh, and I think that could be a really good thing. It can be a really good thing for uh, individual manufacturers. It can be really good for the UK economy. You know, it supports UK job creation. It supports our trade balance, and there's lots of uh, benefits as well. You know, when suppliers, particularly uh, if you manage to find local suppliers and they're more clustered then you know that can bring better diffusion of innovation between companies it gives you access to a larger pool of skilled workers um you know also there's lots of environmental benefits you know truck sharing you know potential for kind of circular practices between companies so it's well worth looking at and doing because i think we kind of need more of it as we we go forward yeah the obvious environmental benefits I, I don't really need to ask whether sustainability is um a priority for manufacturing leaders because because we know it is and i think that's mainly driven by the consumer nowadays right the consumer is becoming more and more um sustainably um aware what sort of initiatives or, or practices seem to be most common at the moment within the industry and, and have you seen some examples of you know really excellent um, approaches towards sustainable manufacturing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree that I think that um, it's on the list for, for most companies, some more than others, you know, um, uh, but I think it's it's coming up the list for everyone. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's uh, customers. It's also, um, you know, legislation in some places. It's, you know, it's attracting a workforce. It's, it's a you know, there's a lot of things pushing it in that direction. Um, and I think there's, you know, the way that we would encourage people probably to approach it is, is you know, to, to start now, really. I think there's, by all means, you know, create a sustainability strategy, create a, a sustainability roadmap. It's a good thing to do. But you can start today with the quick wins, with the resource efficiency stuff. Um, 
because actually in doing that, you'll find savings. You know, you'll find that you're motivating your team because if done well, they can feel that they're adding, you know, value by finding those savings and, and helping the planet. Um, and you can kind of prove in your company that, you know, um, that sustainability isn't a cost ultimately, you know, and I think we've seen lots of lots of companies do that really successfully. You know, if, if you're already good at lean and continuous improvement, then, you know, you're probably doing that quite well, but there's probably other things you can look at. Um, you know, looking at energy, particularly in times of high energy prices is always really useful, um, you know, and that can be as simple as either fitting simple energy monitoring or, or and then that gives you perhaps the ability to look at you know, your uh, energy usage or, or really any other resources or waste and just to chart the difference between your best day and your worst day and then really understand why that's happened. Because in so many cases, we find that we don't understand why that's happened. But through building that understanding, you can make quite large steps forward. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously in time, companies need to start looking at the other bits of their operation, you know, be that um, thinking about that wider strategic long-term piece, how do we transform as a company? There's bound to be, you know, technology elements in that. I think when you're looking at those technology elements or you're thinking about significant equipment purchases, you know, we see companies increasingly building in sustainability criteria into that selection process that perhaps wouldn't have been there historically, you know, so it, getting started, you know, doing it as quickly as you can, but not becoming so overwhelmed by that you don't do anything, I think is is, is absolutely critical. Um, and yeah, you know, some of the other things, we've got the great examples out there uh, about, you know, companies becoming um, more resource efficient, you know, diversifying a bit so that they're using some of their own waste to turn that into products or obviously, you know, finding out that there's another manufacturer that needs that as an input into their process. Um, all of these things, you know, are happening, uh, but they need to happen more. And, you know, like the, the truck sharing I mentioned earlier is is uh, a really good thing if you are, you know, in an industrial park to talk to your neighbours about something like 50% of trucks aren't fully loaded on, on our roads at the moment. So there's a huge uh, CO2 saving, a huge um, cost saving that, that can be made there. Um, you know, not wanting to shamelessly plug, but we, we published a document a while ago called uh, Quick Wins in Sustainability. You can uh, get hold of it free, I think, and it's a good place to start. You know, no, it's not the answer to everything, but it'll give you a few ideas of things to do quickly, you know. Um, and I think the other thing that we see, uh, which is really interesting, is is big companies, and probably there's people out there listening to this have felt this, you know, pushing sustainability into their supply chains because they've got targets to meet. Um, and you know that's really interesting because it's a seeing that leverage in in action really of saying right we're now going to you know and the ones that are doing it well i think are actually actively helping their supply chains to do that because you know smaller manufacturers potentially it's not that easy so um mm -hmm. you know i think that thing we we totally encourage as well just one final question david this is slightly off the cuff but we record this interview toward the end of the year so i, I would just ask i mean you know in your role you see the good things that are happening in industry, you possibly see some of the bad things that you don't like so much that are happening in industry. Do you think 2023 has been a good year for UK manufacturing? I think UK manufacturing, and certainly the, the people I meet in it, tend to make the best of whatever they're, they're given. So I think it's good that we got to the end of this year and we are, you know, we have an advanced manufacturing plan. 
that's a, a real win. Uh, I think, you know, it's been, there have been some really rough years for manufacturing recently, and this year hasn't been as bad as perhaps some of the preceding ones. It's also not been great. But I think as a sector, you know, people get on with it. They always rise up to it and they always spend some time thinking about these wider challenges as well. So it's it's a fantastic sector to be in. I would say I hope 2024 is a, is a better year and we start seeing some of this, you know, especially 2025, more investment, you know, more focus. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I think we've had worse and uh, we've endured them and I look forward to, uh, to, to better in the future. Always good to end on a positive. David, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. That's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me.